You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Mark chapter 16. Now, for those that weren't with us this morning, we were talking around the nine spiritual gifts, knowing that Jesus has already ordained in His Word, where it was written in Acts chapter 3 that Jesus is retained in the heavens until the restoration of all things. I'm going to keep bringing that up all year because that's what God's talking to us about, is restoration. We understand the only reason why we, anybody, is in a place of destruction, in a place of hurt, in a place of not walking in the fullness of what God has. God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. For lack of knowledge. He didn't say we destroyed because you didn't have enough money. Or you destroyed because you, 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 know, you didn't have enough information. Well, it's not the information. It's you weren't destroyed because of a lack of education or a lack of... No, it's, you will never be able to step into the fullness of what God has for you until you hear it from the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so that's very often where people misunderstand faith. Those that want to criticize the faith walk, the word of faith which Paul preached, that is the very word of God, and that the concept that without faith it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The spirit of faith is having believed I speak, and faith without works is dead, so faith has to be acted on. And so you put all of that together. Those that want to criticize that and don't understand faith is that somehow they think that we are the ones that decide what we want and then tell God what to do. Hang on now. I didn't come up with the idea of being blessed. He came to Abraham and said, I am El Shaddai and I will bless you. And I will bless your seed. And the Bible says, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed. And so you fall into that category of being blessed. Say amen. And so he came up with the idea to heal us. The word of God says God has blessed you with every blessing. The word says God has supplied your every need. Uh, this, this is, come on, are these promises from God? See, I didn't come up with the idea that I want to be rich. He said the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. You see, I wouldn't know that unless I'd heard it from God, from the Word of God. So what is faith then? It's not me going to God and saying, now God, you have to make me rich, or God, you have to make me well, or God, you have to make my business succeed. That's not faith. That's presumption. No, faith is saying, God, what did you say? And then I find out what he said, I'm going to say the same thing. That's what faith is. It's lining with what God says. If he says, everything you put your hand to shall prosper, is that in the Word? Only a three amens. How many of you been here long enough? You read your Bible? Does he say, everything you put your hand to shall prosper? Is that what he says? Then I expect that. See, that's faith. I'm not, put, I'm not expecting God to do it. I'm saying God's said he's already done it. And so in faith, I agree with that. That's what faith is. I come into agreement. I come into alignment with what he's already said. And when he said it, he said that he sent his word to accomplish what he pleased. He sent his word and it will prosper in the thing for which he sent it. 
He sent it. I don't know. This blesses you the way it blesses me. It's like God decided to bless me. God decided to heal me. God decided to deliver me. God decided to save me. God decided to prosper me. He decided to save you. But you do notice until you said, I believe, I receive that, you weren't saved. But the moment you said, I believe, I receive that, it just happened. It wasn't like, not, listen to me, not one person that has said, Jesus, I believe you, my Lord and Savior, did God say, no, not for you. Not one person. Not one person. No, no, you're not the saved group. You, you're in the not saved group. I don't care how much you call on Jesus. I've decided you don't get saved. Has that ever happened? Everybody that said, Jesus is my Lord, got saved. So everybody that says, I believe I'm healed. Everybody that says, I want to walk in that prosperity and the blessing and supply and provision of God. Are you getting what I'm saying here? So we come into line with what God has already said. So important to get that. So important to see that. Because if until we're in that place, we're always going to be on the back foot hoping God's going to bless us. Uh, am I allowed to ask for this? Am I allowed to say I'm healed? Am I allowed to say I'm going to be wealthy? You, know, you never know what God's will. You never know what God's going to do. Family God, can you see how that kind of teaching will always keep a person in doubt? That's where they start saying, if it's your will. Lord, if it's your will. Oh, hang on, we already know his will. That's what testament means. You've you got a new testament in your... A testament is a will. And what's a will? It's what the person wants done when they die. Did Jesus die? The will's activated. And he's the only one that's come back to make sure you bring it to pass the way he said it. How many of you know that sometimes there's family feuds because the person dies, then they read the will, and then someone says, no, nah, that's not what grandpa said. He told me something different. And then they take people to court and they fight over it. And no one can really know what grandpa really said because this one was written in 1930, and, and I had a conversation with him last week. Now we're not sure what grandpa said. But Jesus died, the will activated, and then he came back as judge and executor of the will. Hallelujah. So when someone comes and says, I don't know if that's what Jesus meant. I go, Jesus? He says, it is written. Thank you. It is written. I don't care what anybody else has to say. And that's the key, family. I want you to know what the word says. I want you to know. What it is written says. Don't let anybody confuse you. Only reason we confuse when you read these things on the internet or see a video on, on, on YouTube or whatever that tries to talk you out of your faith. Only reason we um and are ah is because we don't know what the word says. Hallelujah. I've even had somebody want to correct me. They say, now, Pastor Allen, you should listen to this person and correct your doctrine. I must listen to someone else when I've got Jesus talking to me. I go straight to the book. Yeah, but what about this? I can give you five scriptures. Hello. Can I get a bigger amen? 
anything we learn. How many of you know when I teach, everything is, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. That's something that is in all my teaching. You, you, you don't, that's why sometimes I don't, you know, I have a message that I think could, someone could possibly teach it in 30 minutes. It takes me six weeks to get through. Why? Because there's so many scriptures to get through. If I just told you what the script, if I just gave you the, 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 the doctrine, I could do it in 15 minutes. But to get through all the scriptures takes time. And that's why we don't rush things in this church. That's why we don't try and do something, you know, just like, like a, you go home and you had a great motivational message. Hallelujah. You're going to have a wonderful week. Yes, amen. By Wednesday, when the devil's been shooting all kinds of darts at you and you feel like you're crippled and buckling and falling over, it's not that. You're not going to remember the hype of Sunday. It's going to be the it is written that you're going to be able to call on. Amen. See, when, when, when you're at your darkest hour, no matter how much I inspire you on a Sunday, when the devil shouted so loud that it's ringing in your ears, you're not going to hear Pastor Alan. But I want you to hear the word of God. You're always going to have it is written in your heart. You're going to know what scriptures to call on. That's the key. That's why we study these things. And so I want you to understand that so that as we go through tonight, that you are equipped. No matter what Satan has done to try and destroy us, he will never succeed. Jesus said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said no weapon formed against you will prosper. You have the shield of faith which will quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. And that's why we talk faith all the time. Because you need that shield, not just on a Wednesday. You need it every day. You got to make sure that shield's up. Because when we talk about restoration, it's bringing back what God originally intended for His church to enjoy. And when we say restoration, when God restored, the first thing He needs to do is teach sick people how to get healed. But if you healed, then He's going to teach you how to stay healthy. I believe full restoration is when you're healthy and you get to a place where you never get sick. Oh. Don't shout me down like that when I'm preaching so well. That's good preaching right there. That's the word of God. God wants you in a place where you are so healthy that when something comes on you, it dies the moment it hits your body. You can walk in the midst of sickness and disease and it will not come on you. How do you know Jesus never had a problem? The lepers of the day, they had to walk through town going, unclean, unclean. Because if they saw someone coming towards them, they'd say, unclean. So the person could avoid them. Why? Because you didn't want to be around that plague. Jesus walks right up to them and puts his hand on them. He had no problem. Come here, let me... Let me you getting this? Why? Because he knows it can't touch him. He knows it can't touch him. Can you see any sickness jumping on Jesus? They might have tried. But can you see Jesus 
They couldn't find him because he was self-isolating. <laughs> they often couldn't find him, but he, where was he off? Praying. No, no, he had to get over the flu because he you know, couldn't, couldn't heal anybody because he was dealing with it himself. Is that what it said? No, he couldn't heal them because of their unbelief. And how you know, he walked with perfect divine health. Jesus in the earth. Yeah, but that was Jesus. No, he came to demonstrate the kingdom and he even taught them how to pray. And he said, pray this prayer, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. He trusted God with the word, even though he was God, he never stopped being God. He still is God, but he came when he came on the earth. He came as a man anointed by God, Acts 10, 38. And because he's anointed by God, he went about doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed by the devil. Hallelujah. You getting this? And family, I want us to see ourselves in that realm. He said, the works that I do, you'll do the same. The works that I do, you'll do the same. Did he say that? And greater. So, I want to go, I want to advance my life from the sick trying to get healed. I want to be the healed, staying healthy. But I want to go beyond, I want to be the healthy that never gets sick. That's what I'm pressing into because that's God's promise. Amen. Now, that, that, that's the word of God. Have a look here at Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said to them, go into all the world. He didn't say stay self-isolated. Go into the world. Go into the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. What's gospel? That's a word for good news. Everybody say good news. And he says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. You notice, no one goes to hell because of their sins. Why? Because all sin is paid for. I said all sin is paid for. So we don't have to keep blaming the world for their sins. The Bible says God doesn't even hold them accountable for their sins. Sins are a fruit, a manifestation of unbelief. You getting this? The root begins with not believing. Now I know that once we save and we do believe, we can still land up sinning. Come on, how have you noticed that happen? Only one person? I know it was a long time. I mean, you know, since you last sinned long ago. I know sometimes we don't always remember, but there was a day since you were saved that you did do at least one sin. But here's the thing. You could immediately confess it. 1 John 1, 9. You confess that sin, what happens? God is faithful and just to forgive you and Cleanse you of all unrighteousness. See, why? Because you believe. So the fact that you believe, your sins are immediately cleansed. Is that good news? Amen. So it's not your sins that send you to hell. Because even though you're saved, we have still sinned, but you're still destined for heaven. But it's the one who does not believe that will be condemned. That's that you've got to stop trying to get the world to change. We're never going to be able to change the world the way they act 
because they're under the sway of the wicked one. That's what the Bible says. You start with introducing people to Jesus. You start by getting them saved. And when you get them saved, then you don't have to even try to get people to stop sinning. I don't know any Christian that really wants to sin. How many notice since you got saved, even the things that worsen, they're just not fun anymore? Even when you're doing it, you feel so guilty because you're doing it right now. Come on, how many you know what I'm talking about? So, in your heart, that, that's the born-again spirit that says, I don't want to do that. That's where even Paul said, there's, in the flesh, there's things that I do that, I, that I'm supposed to do, and I don't do. There are things I don't want to do, and I land up doing them. And he says, I'm, I, I don't know what to do with this. I, I, I'm, I struggle and I battle. This is Paul, the apostle Paul. He says, yet by the grace of God. So he understands that he, even he needed the grace. And so we receive that grace, and we can walk in it. Hallelujah. And so what I'm saying is, family, instead of walking around with a whole judgmental against the whole world and it's all evil and it's bad, understand this, that you and I have been called to win the world to Jesus. That's the solution. And those that aren't saved, we pray and intercede for them. Verse 17, these signs will follow. These signs will follow. These signs will follow those who believe. How you believe? Now you notice it says, in my name they will. And they put a colon in there. Now you know that in the original there's no uh, punctuation marks. So you could even say that if that colon wasn't there, these are the signs that follow those who believe in my name. How you believe in the name of Jesus? They will cast out demons. Say, that's me. Don't be afraid of a devil. Don't be afraid of a devil. Come on, listen to me tonight. I can just imagine someone sleeping in their bed and they open their eyes up and like there's a demon in their room. Come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? I've seen some people react to a snake like, you know, man, they, they exit that room so quickly and scream and shout as they run down the room. Don't do that with a devil. You can run, if you want to run from a snake, fine, but not from a demon. Amen. Was it Smith Wigglesworth? I think it said uh, he was sleeping one night and he felt the edge of his bed dent like someone just sat down. And he looked up, and there was a demon sitting on his bed. He said, oh, it's only you. And he turned over and went back to sleep. Was that Jerry Savelle? Jerry Savelle said, I know somebody said it. But that's exactly the way we need to be. Come, I need some renewing of the mind. You say amen. I know you're thinking, oh, no, 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 no. You say amen, but just don't let it happen. No, you need to be that bold. Come on. I'm you, uh, I know there are people that are nervous to even look in the mirror at night. Because they've heard, you look in the mirror, you might see a spirit. If you look in the mirror and see someone standing behind you, you say, really? Get out my room. I want to hear, do I have any believers in the house? Say, as Jesus said. I'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. Is that you? Is that you? They will take up serpents. 
And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Family of God, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And that doesn't mean you go around drinking poison to prove to people this word is true. <laughs> when I was pastoring in Johannesburg with Apostle Theo, uh, I, we had somebody in the area that, that we had to go visit in hospital, a young man, because he was out with a bride with his family. He was trying to lead them to Jesus, and they mocked him and persecuted him. And he said, okay, let me show you the scripture. He pointed to it and says, if, if I prove that's true, will you then believe? And they're like, oh, yes, because, you know, a bunch of them drunk as well at, at the bride. And so he went and got a bottle of Diant. You know what Diant is? It's a poison they use to kill ants with. And he drank and says, look, if you drink anything, it'll not harm him. And he drank the poison. And he almost dianted. <laughs> Landed up in hospital. You see, you, you, that's where Jesus told the devil, you will not tempt the Lord your God. The devil brought scripture out, tried to get Jesus to do something. He says, no, we don't do that. You don't use scripture to provoke God. You do what God says. But here's the thing. If you accidentally drank a bottle of Diane, it'll not harm you. If you believe in the word of Jesus, if you believe his name, family God, I don't care what symptom shows up in your body. Don't let fear take you. Let not do your first thought. Oh man, I just had that. Everybody else who drinks that dies. Not you. Say amen. I said, not you. Didn't he say you'll drink anything deadly? It'll not harm you. So that means if a virus lands on your body, it will not harm you. See, the anointing of God is so alive in my body that if a sickness or disease touches me, it dies instantly. I fully believe that. And you say amen. Just see yourself charged with the anointing. See, you've got to receive these things by faith. Hallelujah. Now, he may tempt you and try to let symptoms show up. You just say, uh-uh, not in this house. Not in this house. I resist you, get out. Hallelujah. Amen. Is this encouraging somebody? See, I want your faith high. Is that what is, listen, who's got a page Bible here? Is that in red? If it's in red, it's always right. <laughs> if Jesus spoke, I don't care who you are, what degree you have, what Bible cemetery, uh, seminary you come from. I, I don't care what, who, who you are, what, who your, what your accolades are. You can be the head of your organization. If you're violating what Jesus said, I'm not even interested in what you got to say. Because Jesus' words always win. He said, if you drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt you. And you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. See, that's God's intention. That is God's intention. How do I know that? Psalm 107 verse 20 says that God sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them. Doesn't you, how you know God could have just healed them? But he didn't do it that way. He sent his word that healed them. And delivered them from their destruction. So even if this thing has come on somebody, they can stand on that scripture. Symptoms showed up, 
uh-uh. He sent his word to heal me and delivered me from this. I am delivered from COVID-19. Say that. I am delivered from COVID-19. Now the word says in John chapter 1 that Jesus is that word. Jesus is the word that was sent. And Hebrews says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That same word still heals. I said the same word still heals. Have a look at Psalm chapter 91. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. Notice the spirit of faith is having believed I speak. We need to say these things. I will say, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Say that. My God in Him I will trust. Listen to this. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He'll cover you with his feathers and his wings he'll take, you will take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler, your shield of faith. You'll not be afraid of terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only look with your eyes and you'll see the reward of the wicked. See, family of God, there is a law of sowing and reaping. That's why you don't want to sow bad seed. See, it's not God that's punishing them. It is a punishment, but it's the punishment of the judgment that's on the word. Violate the word. If you do this, this will happen. And so God has set us up saying, don't violate the word. Walk in forgiveness. Don't walk in bitterness and unforgiveness. There's an enemy out there. And the enemy's out there. You don't want your door to be unlocked that he can get in. Walk in forgiveness. Say amen. It says, because you've made the Lord who's my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in, their, in your, all your ways. In their hands they'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. I want to read this to you from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. Listen to this from Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. See, family God, that's why we talk about living this gospel. You don't just go to church on Sunday and hope to get through the week. We live by faith. This is every day. My waking thought is God. My going to sleep thought is God. And all day long, I'm thinking about him and his word. Constant communication, constant conversation. Have you say amen. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God. I trust Him. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. 
Oh, come on. Is there anyone in the room tonight? I said he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Say this, God protects me from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Don't dread this thing. There's no fear yet. Say there's no fear. Nor the arrow that flies by night. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes in midnight. Though a thousand fall at your side, and ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Family of God, I am provoking you today. I'm giving you so many opportunities to say amen. And the only reason why someone's not saying amen, maybe you don't understand what amen means. And the word amen means, yes, let it be so. So when I say amen, I'm saying, I hear that? Me, like, me too. That's what amen means. It's not just because we like a noisy church. You know, those are those crazy Pentecostals, charismatics. They always want noise. You know, we're more the quiet bunch. No, you need to be noisy. Because amen is, I hear that? Me too. Now, let me give you another shot because maybe you missed that one. I know some of you are writing your notes and maybe you didn't, your pen and your mouth can't move at the same time. So stop writing, listen. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Yeah. Now I'm at home. Did you say that in your house? All our home people. Let me read it for you. I'm declaring this as a prophetic word. I'm not just reading scripture. I'm prophesying over you. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Now that is a spoken word. From God himself. I know you heard my voice. But it was God speaking. It's his word. Family, I want this solid in your heart. That when it happens, something happens, whatever it is. Might not even be COVID-19. But whatever the devil comes knocking at your door with. You can stare back and say, I don't care if the, everybody around landed up getting hurt. It'll not touch me. That's what it says. How readest thou? Is that in your Bible? Verse 8, just open your eyes. You'll see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you and no plague will come near your home. See, that's God's best. That's, I want God's best for me. I'm happy that there's healing because I've needed healing. I'm happy that I can live in health because that keeps me healthy. When symptoms show up, I can believe to, to resist that. But I'm, I'm reaching for no plague comes near my house. 
That's where I'm walking. How you say amen to that? Do I have a right to accept that? It's written. Say it is written. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. <laughs> yeah. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You'll trample upon lions and cobras. You'll crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I'll protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. And I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. I will reward them with a long life. I accept that. I receive that. And when we say long life, we're not talking 70 to 80 years. God has spoken in his word of 120. Come on. 70, 80 is No, that was spoken because of rebellion. Go read your scriptures. That's it was because of rebellion and because of unbelief. That's what happened. You not in rebellion. I said, you not in rebellion. Amen. Someone says, well, I don't want to live that long because, you know, I mean, people get old. No, no, no. I'm, not, I'm talking about walking the way Caleb did. I mean, he reaches the promised land. I mean, he's 80. By then, everyone's retired and they're pulling out. And, the, you know, everybody's starting to buckle and, and fold. And I can even, you know, like there's, there's Joshua saying, okay, don't worry. The young, the young guys have got this. He says, no, no, no. I'm going on the front line. Come on. That man was fresh and flourishing. That's the way I want to live. How many you say amen to that? Now, why, how come people are still buckling? Now, regardless of where anybody made, this is not a, a you know, some of us, we, we, we lived in ignorance until we found the truth. And sometimes things go so far that it's difficult to come back in the natural, but it can be done by faith. But what I'm saying is, is that, the reason why people are still in the world are still dying around 70 or 80, number one, rebellion, but not necessarily that. It's because we've been programmed to do it. We've been told, 65, retire. By 70, you're going to have to, you know, then, then the heart stops. Uh, then you've got to struggle. Then by 80, 8 and 75, you're going to probably have a pacemaker. And by 80, you're probably going to have liver and, and this one. We, we told these things. It's like we pre-programmed. But family, that's a lie from the devil. I said it's a lie from the devil. You do not have to go the way of the world. We've been delivered. God's delivered us from destruction. I refuse to accept what medical science says. And if they find something in my body, you found something, you took a photo of it, okay, it's there, but now watch this. Apply the word of God and turn that thing around. Hallelujah. That's our covenant. Everybody say covenant. Now, I've read you scripture. Isn't that right? Everything we've heard tonight, that's the word of God. And so we, we don't make these things up. This is God's promise. Remember 1 Peter 2 verse 24? He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. By his stripes... You were healed. What stripes are we talking about? The wounds that were inflicted on his crucifixion. 
By stripes you were healed. Someone said, yeah, but that's talking about spiritual healing. They died to sin, righteousness, spiritual. Now hang on. By whose stripes you were healed? Peter quoted from Isaiah 53. Yeah, but even that talks about spiritual. Hang on. Again, we're talking to somebody who hasn't read their Bible in the entirety. You can be so educated, you can jump scriptures. How many of you would believe disciple Matthew? I'm talking about Matthew who walked with Jesus. No one? How many would believe Matthew when he says something? You think this is a trick question? No. I'm talking about Matthew who walked with Jesus and wrote the gospel of Matthew. I asked how many would believe Matthew if he said something. I hope so because there's a whole book on him. So if Matthew says something, will you believe him over some professor of a Bible college? I'm going to go with Matthew, unless the professor quotes Matthew. If he quotes Matthew, we're good. But I'm going to first go with Professor Matthew before Professor Doodad. Let me say amen. Okay, so what did Matthew say? Look at verse, chapter 8, verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits, how? With a word. Which word? The word that was sent, to heal and deliver from destruction. And notice, and it says, and he healed how many? All who were sick. Why? Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So Isaiah thinks, when, uh, Matthew thinks that when Isaiah spoke about sickness, he meant this physical sickness. Because Jesus wasn't healing spiritually at that time. He hadn't yet gone to the cross. But he was healing physically. Because that's what Isaiah said. And that's how Matthew interpreted it. And how come Matthew interpreted it that way? Because he doesn't know anything unless he was taught it by Jesus. So Jesus would have said, you see this in Isaiah? Watch. And he healed somebody. So Jesus says, when Isaiah talks about healing by his stripes, he's talking about physical sickness and disease. Say amen. So when you go to Isaiah 53, verse 4, this is where they both were quoting, both Matthew and Peter. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. That word griefs and sorrows, that's where Matthew interpreted that as uh, infirmities and sicknesses. Because those are the words used, Kali and makob. They both mean sickness or pains. Yet we esteemed and stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. They thought that God was punishing Jesus because he was in blasphemy. That's what they thought at the cross. But actually what was happening is he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. See, that's what he's talking about. Makob and Kobe. Those physical ailments. And so that's what Peter's quoting. So if by Jesus' stripes you were healed, then you are healed. Hallelujah. 
So you've got to renew our minds to that, that we're not the sick people trying to get healed. We are the healed that are resisting sickness. And when you get revelation, it doesn't even have a right to be in your house. Then it's not even going to get to my body. If it can't get to my house, it can't get to my body. Oh, come on. Amen. So that's the covenant we want to walk in. The divine life of God. You are so charged with the life of God. Sickness and disease can't even touch you.